This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week, the Clarets are on the road looking for their first Premier League victory against Arsenal. This is the None and Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to a very cheerful, happy episode of the No Name Never podcast because we are do, 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 celebrating a victory. Hooray, we've finally beaten Arsenal. I'm your host Natalie Bromley and joining me this week is Richard and Tom to celebrate a rather marvellous three points. Let's dive straight in. Rich, how rosy does the world look when we're celebrating three points? Yeah, you asked me before we recorded how you how you doing, Rich, and it always feels good. Yeah, three points on the board. Um, last week for me of working until the two until the two weeks off at Christmas, and it's always nice seeing yourself not in that relegation zone. So fingers crossed, we you know we got some decent fixtures coming up. We can go on a little bit of a run and hopefully not see that relegation zone again. But yeah, great, and, and it's great to beat Arsenal too. Yeah, definitely. I think, Tom, it made it just feel all of that little bit better, didn't it, that um, that would be Arsenal. I, I didn't think this day was ever going to come. No, I, like there was a lot of kind of, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily confidence, but <clears throat> there was a, a bit of a thought that we could get something, you know, before the game. And, you know, I, I like to think I'm a glass half full fan, but I, I, I can't watch an Arsenal game and not think someone's going to pop up and punch the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> and that's been it. So, I'll, I... I I would have loved a point, and I, I feel like we were playing for a point onto the red card, but uh, yeah, oh, it's yeah, so enjoyable, so enjoyable. Yeah, well, I'll come on to that in a minute as well, because I definitely noticed that as well, but Tom, you're so right, don't you? I think there was a moment towards the end of the game, I think when we, I think we were already in injury time, and there was just a little bit of wastefulness, I thought, in the, in the last five minutes, and just a little bit of naivety from our players, and maybe this was because Arsenal didn't really look like they threatened anything throughout the whole game and they maybe got a bit complacent. But I remember we got possession in right, like really like far forward and rather than sticking it in the corner or just passing it, we tried to like be really clever and, and pass really quickly and we gave them possession. And Tom, at that point, I honestly thought in that last minute that like, somebody's going to get going to score here or, or something. It was horrible to watch. I was behind the sofa. I don't know if you were. Oh yeah, Brady! Uh, like everyone in the, I was watching it with, was just screaming, "Get in the corner! Get in the corner! Get in the corner!" And he's like looking up and ah, yeah, I couldn't. I mean, 
fair play to him, man. He, uh, he was going for the second goal, and and you know we did have yeah. we did look like the more likely team to score. I would say for a lot of the the last half an hour, even after we'd gone in front. But uh, yeah, yeah didn't do my nerves any good. He's he's obviously not no. as uh, as worried about these games as I am. Blimey. <laughs> Definitely, and that's that's probably a good thing actually. The fact that they were they were so relaxed, and, and as I mentioned a minute ago, I, I think a lot of it was very much down to the fact that Arsenal were they threatened nothing, they, they offered very little to the game, and um, they're in a mess, which is you love to see. Um, but it's it was just more that you know I think they just was just so like they're not going to score if we give the ball to them right in the penalty box. So I think they'd probably missed a penalty if they'd got one in the last minute anyway. Um, Rich, let's going right back to the beginning then, and I think let, let's touch on this because Tom did did raise it. Um, I think he's right in that we definitely went down there looking for a point to start off with, and until that red card did obviously change things. I thought it was a much tighter performance and a much more disciplined performance. And considering our record at Arsenal and our position in the league, I actually think that was the right thing to do. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, as Dice alluded to, they've you know they've still got top players, and obviously they're struggling at the moment. But I still expect them to climb the table and probably come, you know, top half. I still think in the end, which is obviously not great for Arsenal. But yeah, you know, we kind of we know what we're going to do. You know, especially against some of the top teams, we can't play open and expansively because we might get caught out. I still have a bit of frustration, and I've kind of got used to it a little bit. I don't think we keep the ball well enough at times, and. You know, for Premier League teams, sometimes we do give the ball away far too easily. Um, but, you know, Lacazette had a really good chance for them where Pope made a great save. And other than that, I can't remember a really good chance they had. And Wood missed a, um, an absolute sitter, which was an interesting debate and in our WhatsApp group during the game. Um, and then, yeah, but I think the, the, the ironic thing was, I actually thought Arsenal was playing pretty well at the time of the sending off. They was getting on top. They had a few attacks. And then, obviously, that Jack is sending off just a moment of madness. Absolutely changed the game in our favour. But full credit to us, you know, even at 10 men, we could have sat off a little bit. Dice made subs, changed the strikers. Um, it was good to see Vidra get on nice and early for a change. And, yeah, it was obviously a brilliant moment when it went in. But, yeah, very nervy finish. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Um, do you think Do you think that's fair, Tom? Do you, do you think that we were... Because I, I agree with Rich, and I think Arsenal were playing quite well by the time the red card came up. But actually, I also don't think that I felt particularly threatened. And I think one of the, the reasons for that, and I, I think we, we have to start mentioning this, is just the difference in our side since Ben Mee came back. Like, just for me, we just look back to our old selves again and we just look so much more confident in defence so you, you know as Rich is right as much as they were starting to get a little bit on top and were having you know playing well I never really thought they were going to score No I think it's only that little voice in the back of your head that says oh, someone's going to die here for a penalty or something like that it's, it's <laughs> This <laughs> fix is getting to you Tom <laughs> <laughs> They're in my head yeah that's, that was an exercise for me time. <laughs> yeah, but you're right if that had been Burnley versus say I don't know, uh, West Brom. And let, let's be honest, they didn't play much better than West Brom, Arsenal in that game. If that had been Burnley, West Brom, and we were sitting back like that for the last 10 minutes, you'd, you'd think, well, we could play, we could do this with a cigar on. We're, we're, we're breezing this. You know, they put a couple of balls in the box. Lacazette, Aubameyang and Ketty, these players aren't going to win headers against me and Tarkovsky. They didn't really get too many opportunities in the first half to run it. As I thought, Willian didn't get around Taylor once. Uh, and he didn't seem to want to very often either. The only time they really looked like they had a threat was in the first half when they got the overload on the left-hand side. I thought Brady was perhaps not tracking back as much as he could have done. 
Leighton got double up on a bit. Tierney pulled that ball back for Lacazette. Like Rich said, that was a great save in the first half. And the second half, they had a lot of the ball. A couple of the pullbacks did find a man. But yeah, after after the red card, they, they collapsed. And I, I don't really know. And I don't really know if Arteta knows what the plan was to, to recover the game after that. Dyche's post-match, he said that Arsenal were, were threatening for a good 10 minutes after the red card. I didn't see that at all. I thought we controlled the game. I think you're right, Natalie. I think uh, it's the, you know, the the back five looks like the settled unit that we know it can be when it's at what it's its best. And uh, yeah, I thought as soon as Jacko went off, I thought we controlled that game and uh, and we could have played for another half an hour. I don't think they'd have scored. Yeah, definitely. Um, looking looking to the the red card, then, Rich. Like, let's dive into these because we've got two obviously two situations to to talk about. Um, I think the the red cards for me weirdly gave me a lot of comfort about the identity of Burnley side and even when the chips are down and we are struggling a little bit you just don't tend to see Burnley players react that same way and I don't know whether it's just this Arsenal side and Arteta especially just aren't used to being in this scenario where maybe we are maybe we are used to having to fight for everything and being disciplined but I thought Graham Souness was particularly um, generous with his praise of us after the game by saying you know even we know what we have to do and we know we have to fight for everything and we know that we have to really work hard in games and and seeing that petulance of both of those red card situations to me just evidences just what a, a solid side we are, irrespective of how badly a season's going. Yeah, fully agree. And going back to, obviously, the two incidents, they were both, to me, I, I don't understand how El Nelly didn't get sent off either. They were no, both well, just... you, you wanted to rant about this, Rich, so please have oh, the floor. They were just... I know you wanted to do this. <laughs> they were, no, they were just both blatant red cards. I, I don't think how you can... They were almost at, pretty much identical in a way, obviously. I know Xhaka was round the throat, but you're both raising your, your hands to an opposing, uh, to the opposition's face. And I just can't get why they didn't send El Nenny off. Was he like, oh, we just don't want Arsenal to go down to nine men, so we'll just give him a yellow? I thought that was just a bit strange. And Arsenal's discipline has been shocking. Since Arteta come in, they've had, the, they've had more red cards than any other Premier League team. And, and like you said, I think, that just sums the, I think that just sums them up at the moment. A lack of discipline, a lack, you know, and Jack is the captain and, and he's doing that. And, you know, you're, you know, obviously Ben Mee's our captain. You'd never see him doing something like that, you know, especially when the game's so tight and you need points. And let's make no mistake about it, Jack getting sent off cost. That was the reason um, we we won. So, in my opinion, I think other than that, it probably would have ended nil nil. You know, we could have won, but that really gave us the impetus in the game. But, yeah, it's a strange one with El Nenny. And um, as you mentioned too, you know, we're even though in difficult situations, we're really able to keep our discipline. And obviously, Arsenal are clearly feeling the pressure at the moment. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I've just realised, and, and Tom's just put in the chat box as well at the same time. Actually, it wasn't you who wanted to rant; it was Tom that wanted to rant. Um, so, Tom, I'm going to I'm going to open up the floor to you to let you have that rant because I feel like there's a lot of you know, like built up frustration about this fixture that you need to get off your chest today. But I think particularly, let's start it off by saying. As Rich just highlighted there, he ends up getting a yellow for him. We don't know why, but I actually don't understand how that can be a yellow. Surely it's either a red or nothing. Well, this is, I mean, this is sort of a rant. It's an Arsenal rant and it's a VAR rant as well. So, okay, go ahead. Go on, they, Tom, get it out. They look at it. So they look at that. So, I mean, the first red card, it's obvious. The referee, I think he should be seeing that in real time, really. But 
obviously the challenge to look at the monitor, it's pretty clear cut. We all know that's a red card. He's gone. Brilliant. The second one, so Tarkovsky's running in, uh, eyes on the ball, and then he, he whacks him in the face. I mean, I've seen people sort of saying it's a push, a push in the face. I mean, it's two hands in the face. He whacks him for me. Tarkovsky goes down. Then El Nani, in, in typical Arsenal fashion, dives. I mean, the, I know we know they love a dive. I've never seen anyone dive after hitting someone in the face, but he dives. There's, and you think, well, you know, perhaps in a in a pre-VAR world, uh, that you know, that's not getting picked up on. He's hit a Tarkovsky in the face. What, maybe the linesman's looking at the corner taker, the rest looking away. You know, I can understand how the official can miss that. Someone has looked at a replay of that on a video screen. Someone has watched El Nani hit Tarkovsky in the face and then throw himself to the floor. And I, uh, the, I believe the Sky, uh, Sky said after that, the official explanation was that it was a yellow card because the players were jostling. So he, so El Nani is jostling with two Sunis's hands and Tarkovsky is using his face to jostle. Have you ever seen anyone jostle with their face at a corner kick? Unbelievable. No. And I think I just... <laughs> I just cannot, there's, there's just, and I really think, you know, if this game had finished one apiece or something, or if that had, or if it had been the other way around and it had been a Burnley player who liked an Arsenal player, this would have been talked about a lot more than, uh, you know, than it has been. And I think, in a way, the, the referees and the VAR particularly are so lucky that we won that game in spite of that, you know, incompetence. Because it's yeah. just inexplicable that that isn't a red card. He hits him in the face. He hits him in the face, yeah, and no, then to compound it, he dives on the floor. I mean, if it's a yellow card for hitting him in the face, where's the second yellow for the simulation afterwards? You know, uh, unbelievable. So irritating, because that could have cost us. You know, if we'd have, if that, if we'd have finished 1-1, that could have cost us. And and there's just, there's no, there's not even like a, uh, you know, a, a, any ambiguity or anything about it. It really, really annoyed me. And I think the fact that, they got away scot-free with it, pretty much. They escaped, evaded all criticism because it wasn't the focal point because the focal point was all Arsenal, rubbish Arsenal got beat again. That took all the, the you know, the, the spotlight off it for me and it really wound me up. So, I, yeah, I wanted to get that off my chest and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to have done so. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. That was, uh, I, I was, I was captivated, Tom. I, I, we've not heard you, we've not heard you. I've, I've had good goal like that, Frazier. And of course, absolutely everything that you said is completely right. And you summarised that incredibly succinctly. So thank you for that. Um, I, I share all of those frustrations. I, I can't, I hadn't seen the, the dive and the dramatics on the floor. And he also had the audacity to clutch his face as well, which was just like, are you having a laugh? Like, what is going on here? Um, I mean, Rich, he's absolutely right, isn't it? A lot of it, a lot of it, I think, where they got away with it. I mean, to, to be fair, Sky and Sunis especially, they did have a real go in the studio and they did say that it was it was just confusing as to why it wasn't a red. Um, but if, if that, can you imagine if that hadn't been against us or we had have just drawn the game? And and I also I also didn't think Dash I thought Dash was a bit too polite about the whole thing as well. I thought he could have been a bit more stern. Yeah, by the way, that Tom that um, that rant from Tom was brilliant. Though. I've never heard him sound so passionate about something. <laughs> the one thing I get solace with Tom is he's Mister Steady Eddie in the No Name Ever podcast when I'm an emotional wreck. So it was good to see that uh, Tom's got that side to him. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, I actually never really thought about it as deeply as what Tom said. And if he didn't get sent off and because we're nine many, you know, you've seen that going going back to that game we played against Norwich last season against nine men, which was bizarre. But it'd be very, very difficult for a team to score 
with nine men. Um, yeah, and it definitely could have cost us. And you know, just want to, as we've said before, it was just really strange why it wasn't given a a red card. The only reason I can, like I said, that I can think of is that oh, we just don't want Arsenal to go down to nine men. It'll it, it'll look a bit bad then. But yeah, it's just a blatant red card. You won't see a more blatant red card this season. And like you said, it's some like Tom said, it summed up Arsenal and the petulance and the whinginess of them over the years and the culture of that club that El Nene had the had the had the cheat to dive himself, you know, just to try and get away with it. So yeah. But he even looked at the referee as well when he was doing it, wasn't he? he was oh yeah, you And he's crap him anyway. I don't know crap. how he gets a game. Um, I'm going to stick with you, Rich, because yeah. whilst I, I incorrectly came to you about ranting about something else, <laughs> you, the one thing you do like to rant about is corners, yeah. um, which played a bit of a focal point in this game. How, how are you feeling about Burnley corners right now, Rich? Oh, it's funny, the corner <laughs> debate we have. Uh, I think um, the Noni and Ever group uh, actually hate me for it, but it, it's a crusade I've been leading this season. And... I think I've mentioned it on a podcast, but it's just so many, yeah, yeah. so many of our corners this season have been right in the in the, in the middle of the six yard box, straight to the goalie, and like the goalie's caught him. Even Pickford was catching him on Saturday, and he's about five foot two. So um, I think there was one corner against Everton where we hit a little bit deeper, and Wood got a header. And then this one, it was nice to see him mix it up a little bit, like get that front post run. And, you know, and, and because Brownell made that run, it put Aubameyang under pressure. So I just hope throughout this season now, because we've, because we've got such dangerous players, that we mix our set pieces up a little bit, or, sorry, our corners up a little bit more and just don't hit them straight at the goalie, waiting for him to try and make a mistake or something like that. So that's my little rant about it. I have, if you did, my, if, if you asked me about corners after the Everton game, I would have gone on even more, but um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes on Thursday night. Whether we hit him straight at that Martinez, who's about six foot five, or, or we do mix him up a little bit more. No, yeah, but listen, it's great. It was, it was funny as well, and the poetic justice that Aubameyang's not scored all season <laughs> yeah. scores tons against us, and then he was the one to get the goal. So that was another nice little plot twist to the game. It was. It was just every, the, the stars aligned um, on 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 Sunday night for sure. It was uh, it was a sweet moment. Um, Tom, looking, I guess, to a couple of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Individual performances. Um, I thought Robbie Brady was pretty exceptional, um, as was Josh Brownhill um, and Ben. Me, I've already mentioned. Um, we're starting to see some standout performances from some players, which sometimes we, we don't always see. We tend to see more of a a solid team unit, don't we? But we're starting to see a few superstars in, amongst our ranks at the moment. Yeah, I feel like I owe Brady an apology because, as, as you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Brady. I've been beating the drum uh, for Brady for a while. But the last time I was on the podcast, you asked me if I thought maybe you should go at the end of the season. And I kind of said, yeah, with a, with a heavy heart, probably it's best to, to get rid of him. And since then, he's been brilliant. So, you know. Well done, Tom. Uh, <laughs> that inspired him, of course. But, I want to apologise to Robbie. I'd give him a three-year deal tomorrow if he if he wants it. <laughs> yeah, he's. You'll jinx him. You'll jinx him. <laughs> I thought he was the best player on the pitch against Everton. I thought he was our best player, and he had another really good game against Arsenal. Not taking the ball into the corner in the ninety-second minute aside. Yeah, I think he's he's got a bit more. Um, he, he's a, uh, <clears throat> what Rich said earlier about keeping keeping the ball, holding on to to the ball. He's probably the best midfielder at the minute for doing that because he doesn't. He's he's a bit more comfortable with it at his feet, I think. So, yeah. I mean, particularly in the first half, a lot of the time, 
the impulse from everybody was to go was to turn and go backwards. And uh, McNeil has had the problem this season a lot of turning and going sideways, you know, not taking his man on. And I thought uh, Brady suffered from that less than everybody else. Um, he took his man on a few times. He put that ball in for Ward where, where he should have scored. Uh, I think he, he used the ball better than, than the rest of the midfield, especially in the first half. Probably faded out a little bit in the second half. Um, but again, he, he did keep it well. And I think that's what we did best once they went down to 10 men, is uh, we realised we had the opportunity and we kept the ball so much better. And that's, that's the platform that we built from. Um, so, yeah, special mention for him. And Brownhill, as you say, as well, uh, is just such a... He's just what we need in that midfield. He's a terrier. You know, he gets about... You saw him blocking shots in, in one box. Uh, you see him, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll credit himself for putting a Bamiang off for the uh, for the goal. He's a, he's busy in both boxes. He never stops running. He's a dice type player, and uh, he looks like a real bargain, especially given that we, you know, half the what we paid for him, we were keeps him in getting rid of Wells, who, who never played for us anyway. So that yeah, brilliant bit of business. And I think you're right. I think they they were two, especially in the midfield, they were the two players that that really stood out. Definitely. Um, Rich, with Jack Cork said to be on his way back um, and nearly ready to, to return to, to the first team, um, I think Dash has got a little bit of a, a headache in central midfield. Yeah, it's going to be... I, I think Brownell has, has been a real standout this season. I think he's been excellent and he's improving all the time. He's got great dynamism to his game. He's obviously got an eye for goal too. Um, it's, it's a real difficult one. I, I'm a big fan of Cork. I think when Cork plays and... I've actually realised it more now he's not playing, um, is how much composure he gives us on the ball. And I think when Cork plays, he is someone who likes to get us forward a little bit more. So I don't think he's going to rush back into the team. You know, Westwood and Brown are last, you know, playing pretty well. You know what you're going to get with West. He's a solid, you know, you know, solid player week in, week out. If I was to drop anyone, if Cork was to cut back in, at the moment it would be Westwood. I do feel, you know, still in central midfield, whether it's somebody coming off the bench, a young player coming in, we do need a little bit more flair there at times. When we go 1-0 up, you know, Brownell and, and Westwood's a great partnership. But, um, yeah, as, I, I would stick with them two for now. But And, and if Cork was going to come in, I, I would probably choose it for Westy, which I, I say with a very, very heavy heart. Um, I thought Tom made some great points on Brady there. But I don't want to be a bit of a killjoy. We still desperately need improvements down that right side, in in my opinion. No, um, you know he's done very well over these last two games, and he's proved, you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's proved me wrong, and a, and a lot of people, I imagine. Um, but yeah, I think you know we just need more options, especially with the injury record of of, of those two. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that, and I think everybody's realised that you know this squad does need a, an overhaul, and I think that's what we're hoping to get the takeover done before the January transfer window and try and get some players in there. But I think there's nothing we can do about that at the moment because the transfer window is shut and we don't have any money to spend. So you know we've got to kind of look at seeing how we win and how we get away from the bottom of that table um, with the players that we've got and, and with with Brady just doing as well as he is and like you say Brown are looking like an absolute bargain it's it's really helping us um to, to just you know get them points on the board and it's really good um Tom how do we how do we change our mindset now going into the to the game next week against Wolves because Wolves are a very different proposition from Arsenal at the moment a, a very different side a, one that's a lot more positive um there are a few Wolves fans um at the moment showing a bit of discontent with Nuno saying that it's time for him to go which I find incredible um, but what you know? How do we how do we go from from the Arsenal game to the Wolves game? 
Uh, well, I think there's one in between in Villa on Thursday. Oh God, of course there is. Do you know what? I've just I've just seen Tom. I've just seen Richard's note there. Do you know? I don't even know what day we're on. So it's so forgive me. It's um, it's what's it called? It's it's Villa on Thursday and then Wolves at the weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's Wolves right. are playing tonight. They've okay, just well, scored a ninth minute there, yeah. winner against Chelsea. <laughs> Excellent. Um, oh God. Uh, well, to, to be honest, Villa and Villa and, and Wolves are, are, are pretty similar. Villa are playing very well this season. So let's let's just take that same question and put it to both teams. How do we take the momentum and that confidence from the weekend and apply it to both of the fixtures coming up this week? Yeah. To be fair, I think you're right. I think they're similar kind of fixtures. Um, for me, so the position that we're in, especially in the fact that we've. Uh, we're getting some points on the board and we're putting a bit of a run together. I would be too unhappy with, you know, with uh, going for a point in these games or getting a point in these games. Um, Villa, uh, they have blown a bit hot and cold and I don't think they're quite as good as they were at the start of the season. But um, that's a a game that if we took a point from that, I don't think anyone would complain. Wolves, I mean, I'm pretty sure Wolves draw every single game 1-1 anyway. So if that finished 1-1 again, I'd be happy with that. so yeah, like for me, um, I don't think we need to be getting too carried away. And oh, it's like oh, we get another three points against Villa, then we're up here, and then another three points there. Just keep ticking along. Just just keep plugging away, getting these steady points. What we've got, I think, over especially West Brom and, and Sheffield United, but I think Fulham as well. I know Fulham played well against Liverpool, but I don't think they're the real deal just yet. We have got the capability to put a run together, to put an unbeaten run together. I think I know, one defeat in five, that Man City away is always a bit of an anomaly. For me, uh, yeah, I, I think what we've got to focus on is the performance level. I don't, I don't want to sound like Sean Dyche, but for me, if, if we keep up with that performance level, the points are going to look after themselves. So I think what it does do is it, it, it's essentially it's that bonus points Arsenal where you don't really expect to get anything there, irrespective of the form they're in. So it gives us that bit of freedom, I think, to say to go away there and come away with a point. And say, yeah, that's a decent point. Uh, keep, you know, keep the unbeaten run going. Keep a bit of momentum going, um, especially with with having our heads above water now as well, being above that relegation zone. So, uh, yeah, for me, I think it's just it's calmed everything down a little bit. I think now if we lose that Villa game, we're not going to be panicking quite as much. We know we've got the capability within our ranks now. If we drop points in that Villa game. I mean, I heard a few people after the Everton game saying, you know, that's that's two points dropped. That's that was a missed opportunity. Maybe it was. We played well on the day, but it was a good point overall. And I think points that we pick up here and there, especially over this Christmas period, are going to see us right. So, yeah, I think uh, what it does do is is it just calms everything down a bit, and uh, and hopefully that kind of mentality and, and the form continues. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've been looking at, Rich, and I think this is has changed slightly. I think the the if you remember at the beginning of the Premier League that the season absolutely went flying and, and we were getting five, six goals every single game. That seems to have calmed down a little bit now. Um and you're seeing a lot fewer goals being scored and we're getting sort of back to the draws and the one nils and the two ones, those kind of you know like one or two goal margins in them with the exception of one or two impressive performances. So I think there is an uh, there's a, the immediate pressure for us to score more goals um so we don't get absolutely hammered every week has, has dropped down slightly. But I still feel like if we're going to, you know, go on that run that Tom talked about, we do need to still start finding a few more chances. I still don't think we're creating as many as we can. Um, I don't know if there's an answer to that. I don't know how, with the squad of players we've got, how do we get more chances for Wood and for Jay? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. Um, 
obviously with the amount of goals that's been conceded and that's settled down, it'll be interesting to see the running stats and, and everything. Our players kind of, you know, kind of been working on the defensive shape a little bit more. I know maybe the, the international break can have an impact where teams can't work on a defensive shape. And I, I think for us, not having an international break for three weeks or so and has really helped us where we and getting players back fit, obviously. Thinking in terms of the chances created, we've never been a team who's kind of creates loads and loads of chances per game. Um, you know, your, your best mate, Wood, has kind of missed some big chances this season. Um, and I'm not saying you should score them every time, and, and I know it's difficult, but it does look like he's lacking in confidence a little bit. Um, I think it just comes down to something that does frustrate me. I think you, if you keep the ball better in midfield, which is our weak point, and I thought Tom made a good point about Brady, sometimes Westwood frustrates me. He's too keen to get that first-time ball into the channel, and sometimes it can just go out to player for a goal kick. So um, I thought against Everton, you know, I think for us it's just that bit of quality that lacks in the final third. You know, we have a, sometimes we have a good build-up play and it's a final cross or a final ball. And I suppose that's the difference between the players we've got and the players that cost 25, 30 million. Is that just a little bit of added quality in those, in the big moments? Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree, by the way. This was a, this was a debate that we had on social media at the, the weekend. I'm, I think, people are split into two camps with this and I think some people are very much an advocate of dropping wood and bringing Barnes back into the equation um I'm firmly in the other camp can I add to that Natalie yeah, go on. if 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 wood gets dropped I am not an advocate for Barnes coming back in oh okay <laughs> and, and I'm quite happy to play wood but I think yeah. it was just funny from the game on Saturday like George said he thought he played really well and I thought he was awful on Monday, yeah. sorry. I think sometimes his first touch and the way he passes the ball, it's like he's got a metal foot. It just pings off him sometimes. <laughs> um, for a, and again, he doesn't maybe get a, a lot of service, but sometimes he does get, you know, ball in, balls into his feet that I'd expect a, a, a Premier League football to be able to control and then lay off. No, I think that's a and that's, about, that's and, when, and when Woods kind of not Scott, I, I know it sounds daft, and you can't get everything, and this is the reason why he's playing for Burnley and maybe not one of the better teams. If he's missing chances and he's not scoring, his game's, in my opinion, quite limited compared to, you know, maybe other, you know, a, a Jay or a Vidra technically, or maybe some other strikers we've had in the past. You know, you look at, you know, Southampton now, they're flying. There's no way Woodward start for them. You know, there's no way Woodward get in. That, that's the kind of the level I'm, I'm talking about. And, and for me, He's still deserving of a starting place at the team. But at the same time, he can't be... I think it's a fair reflection for people to go, when he's not scoring goals, he's actually quite an average striker. And I think that's the camp I'm in. Sorry for interrupting your point there. I just think it's, it, no, it's no, important no, no. That, to get like a balanced view on, on his performance. That I'm a very, I am a fan of his, but I'm not maybe a fan of as much as other people. And technically, at, at times, he is, he is, he is quite weak, but... No, I, they're all really good points. Like I say, I think I'm, I'm the op, I'm probably the, the poor opposite of you in that I am a massive fan of Wood, and he would be, you know, on the team sheet as a first choice strike every time. But then at the same as what you've said there, Rich, I'm not averse to listening to constructive criticisms about his performance. I know he's not perfect. Um, I just, I just, I've felt for some time now that as a club, we've perhaps moved past just having Barnes, who is 
brilliant at what he does and there is nobody better and he is just one on his own but it, a lot of his of his abilities up front are of a very bespoke nature and they can nullified quite easily um but yeah listen i think i think as long as i've got jay on the pitch at the moment i think that's that's the main thing i think the worst thing for me is i think when we do descending to having wooden bombs as our first two strikers in a 4-4-2 I think that's a recipe for disaster for me for sure um Tom any any thoughts from you ahead of of, of the games uh, uh, coming up this next week do you um do you think we go out all out attack or, or do you think we just keep it tight and try and keep for those draws that you talked about bearing in mind what we've just talked about the strike force yeah I thought actually um just a point on Bones, thought he's been pretty poor this year, but um, after having a bit of a, a break, I thought his best two games actually were, were Everton and, and Arsenal. He was a lot more, he affected the game so much more against Everton. He put a great ball in for, uh, I think it was Rodriguez near the end. And then Arsenal, I just thought he, he held the ball up really well. I thought he did exactly the job that we needed from him when he came on. So uh, I think he's, um, not to say he's played himself back into the team, I think you've got to give Wooden Rodriguez a bit a bit more of a, a run together, but you know, n- none of them are really scoring at the minute. So I think if he keeps coming on and affecting games like that, he'll, he'll give himself more of a chance to get to, you know, to play himself back into the team. Um, yeah, t- I mean, in terms of the uh, the next couple of games, I mean, we're, I suppose we're not we're never really going to change our approach. We're always going to play four four two. We're always going to sit tight and try and nick, you know, nick, get get the best side of a of a game with uh, that's going to have fine margins. I don't think we're going to get. Uh, snotted by Villa or Wolves, they're not going to beat us two or three nil. We're not going to beat them two or three nil. Um, and well, we're at our best when we're doing that to teams and and uh, you know I hesitate to say dragging them down to our level, but playing them at our own game would perhaps be a better way of putting it. And uh, and you know if we if we keep doing what we're doing, we're we're doing that to teams at the minute and we're getting results. So I, you know I think we're more than capable of of winning both of these games. I did say earlier, you know I'd be happy with the points, keep it ticking over, but. The way we're playing, I, I, I could easily see us getting four points from these two games, or even two, three, four. That's a good return, I think, for me. Keeps it going. I'd, I would be very surprised. I don't know who they're playing, but I'd be very surprised if Fulham, um, uh, West Brom, or or Sheffield United were able to get three or four points from the next two games. So, uh, you know, keep keep getting results like that, and we'll be uh, we'll be moving up the table sooner rather than later. Are you still feeling really confident that you're going to be, um, we're going to be safe this year, Tom? Sorry, I found myself on mute then. I was talking to myself. I was thinking, why are the boys not answering? I was like, oh, that's why I'm on mute. Um, bearing that in mind then, Tom, are you still confident we're going to stay up this year? Yeah, I've always been confident. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, doom and gloom after the first five, six games. But for me, we've seen it before. You know, we've had bad spells in the Premier League. Even this, the year we got into Europe, we had a run where we were rubbish. I remember going to Swansea away, we got beat one, they were absolutely diabolical. Um, so it, it is what it is, peaks and troughs, especially with the players that we had missing at the start of the season. You know, we're, we're, we're not going to, we're never going to do well without me and Tarkovsky. So yeah, for, for me, I always thought we'll have enough. There's three worse teams than us and I haven't seen anything in the last few games that's made me change my mind. So yeah, I think, I, I'm not saying we're going to finish top half, but I think we're going to be safe. Good stuff. Rich, the only other, the, the main other news coming out of this week as well, which I want to just discuss before we we wrap up for this week, is the news, of course, we're recording this, what day is it today? It's Tuesday the 15th. 
we are eagerly announcing, waiting an announcement tomorrow that Lancashire will be dropped into Tier 2, um, thus meaning that Burnley fans will be able to go back to turf more uh, Monday the 21st of December against Wolves, the game that isn't the next one, but will be coming up soon. Um, I know we've got um, a lot of, uh, well, I think that the, the Team known and ever is probably split in half. We've got probably half the team who don't live in a Lancashire postcode, and the other half who do. Um, both of you on on on. Um, the, well, obviously, Rich, you're in Lancashire, um, and Tom, you're not. So I'm going to ask both of you because you're going to have different ways of how you feel about this. Um, Rich, you you your address is listed in Lancashire. How, do you think it's fair? Yeah, it's listed in it's Lancashire. Fair? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's a really difficult one. Um, I've heard conflicting interests. Some saying it's the league, some saying it's the club. I thought the initial statement, I think I can't remember, I think it was Friday it came out because I was waiting for a Chinese when it came out. So that was Friday night. Uh, so I was reading that, waiting for me Chinese. I thought the initial statement was a bit unfair and, was, and, and didn't clear it up. But then I read a statement last night that if we are putting tier two, it's all ifs and buts in it. But if we are putting tier two, that they're going to use the Wolves game as like a bit of a, What's the right word I'm looking for? As 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 like a bit of a trial game, you know, to see yeah, how it goes and everything yeah. like that. And then they're gonna yeah. review, and then they're gonna review it after that. So hopefully, all being well uh, and stuff like that. I know Tom lives in Derby. You know, I've obviously there's people in Yorkshire, etc. Well, from all over the, the the country. I know where I sit. There's kind of not one person is actually from Burnley. So um, hopefully, after that, they will maybe open it up to other areas that are that are in tier two, so like where where Tom is in in Derby. So I think if that happens, I think it's pretty fair. Um, I think, in my opinion, obviously, the way they've done the season tickets, you know, if you keep your season ticket, you can get it free for next year, and then you get put in the ballot. Some people disagree with me, and, and that's fine because it is a very difficult one. But I think that's fair too. Hopefully, though, that if we do get put into tier two, this this Wolves game is the trial game, and then they do open it up for loyal supporters who who did who did who do live in other parts of the country. I think if they don't open it up to other to other supporters um, that are in tier two after this initial first game against Wolves, then I do think it's unfair. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's an impossible situation, and it's one that we, that we. Uh we have to, to look at. I guess for me, I don't understand, unless somebody can can explain it um, about the Lancashire thing. Um, I think for me, as long as you are in a tier two area and you're not travelling from a tier three area into Lancashire, then that should be okay. Um, Tom, obviously you are outside of Lancashire, so you are going to be barred from this first ballot. Um, with trying to keep as subject to head on as possible, how do you feel about this? Uh well, what disappointed me when I first read it was that the way that, um, you know, the, the season ticket refund was sold as, you know, if you want the refund, that's fine, but you're not going to be eligible for the ballot. But if you let us keep your season ticket money, then, you know, you, you can apply as, as soon as they come out. And then when the ballot rolls around, then it's, oh, no, sorry, you, you can't actually apply. So you, then you think, well, you know, I, I understand it's not the most important thing, but if you're going to, you know, if you were going to keep my money, then you might have said that at the time. I have seen now, I think the update that the club gave out yesterday, and if any of you haven't seen it, it is worth doing because it's all about making sure that your details on the website are correct for when you want to apply for the ballot. So anyone who's not who's not seen it, it is worth getting over to the club website and having a read. Um, but it did say on there that um, the, the log, it did explain the logic behind that, which wasn't in the original press. So they've said that because it's going to be a test event, the first game, 
uh, you know, the first game back with fans. That's why they've restricted that, and they will look at that after the first game if it does happen. So I, I don't mind so much if it is one game. It was it's the lack of um, the lack of clarity in the comms, which is a problem that we get quite often with the club, unfortunately. But that was the frustration for me. But I've sort of made my peace with the fact that you know I'm probably not going to get to more than sort of two or three games this season anyway. So if they come a bit later in the season, it, it is what it is. Um, and to get people back in will be the nicest thing, even if if I'm not one of the lucky few. Well, what a lovely attitude from both of you. I'm very proud of you both now. Um, yeah, it, it's a uh, that I think that's the over overriding feeling for me. And, and I'd like to think that even if I had moved outside of the area and I was prohibited from going, and I would feel the same way. I know it's it's tough for those people, and not you're going to get to a game, but it, you know, it's just going to take a while to get us all back to normal. So, um, and you never know, we might not even get into tier two next, so <laughs> we might end up all being for nothing. Um, uh, no other club news then to talk of, other than we keep hearing little snippets about the takeover. Um, is it going ahead? Is it not going ahead? Are ALK about to get over the line? Are they not? Do the Egyptian consortium think that they're going? Goodness me, I, I, I'm losing a little bit of a track for it, but I think we can all believe them. It's fair to say that we just want to get them sorted before the January transfer window because we just want to get some budget in for some players. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a long, old, hard second hard to the season. Um, I think that's all we've probably got time for this week. Rich, Tom, do I have you anything that we've not covered that you want to tie off before we finish off? Yeah, nothing springs to mind. Uh, yeah, basketing that Arsenal is always the main thing, isn't it? <laughs> I think we've done yeah. enough of that. I'm going to play your rant on uh, on loop later. Uh, Rich, I don't think there's anything else that we needed, was there? Could you have anything? No, I think it's all been covered. I think, uh, yeah, it's really nice to have that win at Arsenal. It just keeps us in positive spirits. Um and hopefully, yeah, can we can just really? I think it's not just getting the three points. I think getting that win at Arsenal, I think, will give the players a massive boost. And you know, there's moments where we've looked back on in previous seasons where they've been a turning point. I think obviously a key one was was Leicester last season, and hopefully this can be a bit of a, a turning point. This one, and I, I'm confident in the next few games we can pick up pick up a healthy amount of points and hopefully start moving a, a little bit further away from the relegation zone. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things we've probably not concentrated on enough is that we have had some pretty shocking fixtures in these, you know, these, these opening games. And, you know, we've not had the easiest of fixtures, particularly at home. So, you know, sometimes that can make a difference when you are um, worried about having a good start. Um, well, that's all we've got time for this week, folks. Um, an absolutely fantastic podcast to bask in the glory of finally beating the Gooners. And uh, if you do want a bit of a laugh, just have a troll through social media and uh, troll, not a troll, have a troll. Don't be, don't be being nasty to people. Play nicely. Um, there's some, um, there's some phenomenal Arsenal fan rants, which are just a joy to watch. Um, if you've got any comments, questions or anything, get in touch. We are, I'm not sure what our timetable is going to be for the next week or so. There's having two games. Um, I'm going to pretend that I knew that before we started recording. Um, I know tonight Dave and I will be recording the, preview show for the filler game um so that will come out in the next 24 hours as well so you can have a bumper two podcasts at once look at you um but obviously that the rest of the team will get back together to talk about the rest of the results as and when we can we'll probably do i would imagine villa and wolves together i would have thought um but let's see how this week goes um 
take care of yourselves in the meantime my thanks as ever go to producer matt for producing this and putting it all together to band joyce for providing our music to rich and to tom for wonderful contribution to tonight's show um and finally to you the listeners for downloading and listening to this podcast your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you um take care until we meet the next time and uh, if you've got anything you want to send to us you know how to get in touch um, I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Norman Method Podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.